Slot Podcast with the most electrifying man in all of podcasting. Your host, the Opera Ghost. Now please sit back, relax, make sure you enjoy yourself. And always remember, let's get a slutty, find the Ace Love Podcast on all social media at the Ace Love Podcast. And please check out the website, aceloppodcast.com, or email the show. At gmail.com. And once again, please enjoy. <laughs> Hello, my lovely little sluts. And once again, welcome back. But it's a proper welcome back. It's been a long time since I've done an episode, and I will go into detail as to why that is uh, very, very shortly. I promise you. Uh, but it's it's been a big time for me. It's been there's been a lot happening. Been a lot happening behind the scenes, and a big major event which I'll tell you about in just a moment. But first and foremost, and first the the most exciting part. Is that the ASLOT podcast now has a new partner called the Alt Playground. And it's just rolling out and it's coming up nationwide and internationally, obviously, with me. But Alt Playground is a lifestyle website dedicated to helping you find your next adventure, guys. Made it or might not, but it's definitely going to help you along the path. Now, Alt Playground is an open community for non-monogamous and sexually open people to connect, share, and create new adventures together. So it's all about the adventure, guys. They've got heaps of experience as a regional website, but now they're going nationwide in the States. And obviously with myself and some people in Australia, they're going internationally. And we can make this as big as we like. So it's very different to other lifestyle sites. They've got a nice, clean interface. Nothing huge blocking yet what you're actually looking at. It's got co- features that are constantly evolving, so new things all the time, and with that fresh content. And it all provides all provides you with just making your online non-monogamous dating experience just that wee bit better. So one one of the key things about Alt Playground that I loved is that it's not. Some people might argue with me, but for me, it's not a free website. Well, it's not a free website, but for me, this is a positive because you don't have to worry about the bots and all the fakes and all the people that are trying to message you only to go to X Y Z site to enter your credit card details and and whatnot like that. 
it is a pay-to-play website, so you can focus on real connections instead of having to wade through all of the all of the bots and scammers and all of the other nonsense. Oh, Playground, unlike many social media sites and e and even apps that you can get, don't censor their users' sexual identities. It's a website that allows you to share your sexiest sides, anything you like, with a peace of mind. Features like the big wall, which you can put anything on, video profiles and video conferencing provide secure ways to connect and share. APG has launched a community's APG is what I'll be calling Alt, Alt Playground from now on because it's nice and easy. They've just launched their community's module which gives you another way to connect with people. It provides content creators, event hosts and others with a place to share parties, discuss, uh, a place to discuss, you can put pictures up and, mu and much much more. Now this is a big thing as to why I was more than happy to get into a partnership with Alt Playground is their inclusivity. Okay, so you can have up to nine gender identities, nine relationship statuses, eight relationship types, and 13 sexual orientations. This is so, so wide open and uh, something that I haven't seen before. And it's so, so cool. So it's just designed to include all sex positive individuals. Anybody who is sex positive can come and join this site. It doesn't matter, you know, how you identify. And just old playground is so much more than just a just a place to connect with other sexy sexy people. And oh my word, there's someone there. But you've got resources like the podcast corners where you will be able to find me and so many other sex positive podcasts, and the video corner as well. And what and this with this, they'll also be highlighting some of the top sexual conference sexuality conferences in the country. In the new conferences module, or conferences part of the website, there, and there will be adding more guys. I'll up you. I'll update you guys um, as soon as I can. But if I don't know it yet, then, or if it's not up yet, then I don't want to tell you guys about it. So you'll be expecting it. But do go and check out altplayground.net and do get involved with all the fun. And let them help you with your next adventure. Well, guys, I don't mind telling you that that took a little bit longer than what I planned, but I really, I'm really, really excited about APG, and I wanted you all to know as much as you can about it, especially on this on this launch episode after I've just joined up with them. It is super, super exciting. Do go check it out. I might have a, a link for you soon, but I don't have it just yet. Um, but the reason things that this this does seem rushed and I, and I don't have everything is that I've been um, well, obviously been out for for over a month. Uh, there's been no episodes during that, so let me uh, before before we go any further. Um, don't forget to find me on all the social media places at the Aceot Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that sort of stuff. My website's not currently up at the moment, but I will get that going later on this week and get that back up and moving. I'm just doing some routine maintenance on it, so I had to take it down for a little bit. So, sorry about that, guys. And you can always email the show at theaceluppodcast at gmail.com. 
And before we get going into it, and before I tell you about everything, always remember, let's get a slutty. I said, hey mister, your wife is cheating on us. Yes, she is. I said, hey mister gentleman, your wife is cheating on us. You know, I thought you had a good woman. I thought you had one we both could trust. Alright everyone, so before we get into this too much, I will explain why I've been away for so long. Um, on the 7th of July, or the 6th in the US, 7th of July, in the morning I was doing my morning bread run, as I do on weekends. And I hit a patch of black ice, which is just ice on the road that you can't really see and I had a car accident, quite a severe one. I came out of it with a severe brain injury. I was in a coma for four days and I've been at rehab, rehabilitation for it ever since. So unfortunately I've not been able to actually get near my microphone and my setup to be able to record an episode for you guys. So I guess this is me making up for it now. Um, yeah, so that's that's what's happened. Um, thankfully, and this is the most important part, of course, for this podcast, (laughs) I have not lost my libido, I've not lost any use of any sexual functions or anything like that, which is great. I've not changed personalities or anything like that, which can happen with head injuries. Um, I haven't really changed much at all. I'm pretty much back to normal now. I still don't have full feeling down my left side, but that'll come back. I'm I'm still in rehab, um, as part of it to, to to just just to make sure that everything's all right. So if I do have to stop for a little bit, if there's big um, pauses, or I forget a word or something, that may happen. But for the most part, we'll be all right. Should be fine. But um, yeah, that's what's been going on with me, and that's why I haven't been here, guys. So I'm sorry, but it's just one of those things that happens, and it was better to, and I was in the right place. I was exactly where I needed to be at that time, so yeah. I don't actually have any, any memory of the crash or leading up to the crash, but I was, there was a, an article about it in the, on one of our news sites. And I got in touch with the person who actually saw it happen and he told me what went on. So I slid out, I hit the barrier and I flew out of the out of the driver's side door which had opened up. It's quite a heavy impact. Like I said, it was a severe severe brain injury. They still believe that. It took me 15 days to come out of post-traumatic amnesia after I'd hit rehab. So they give you a whole bunch of tests and stuff. I've been in therapy all the way through. Uh, different kinds. There's been occupational therapy, which has just been stuff around home. There's been physiotherapy, which, of course, is just moving and all of that nonsense. I've had a speech therapist, which has definitely improved the way that I've talked and what I've been saying. Uh, I didn't say some nice things in hospital, which I'm quietly ashamed of, because that would have that would have been what my brain what my brain was doing. So I'm a bit, I feel a bit betrayed by my brain in that sense, I guess. And I've got a psychologist, which I see 
as well, just to make sure that I'm not getting stuck in that holy shit, I've had a car accident and my life's shit now sort of thing. Uh, I can't drive for at least six months, so I'm not going to be working, which means I can focus on this just a little bit more. And we should get everything out on time, which is, which is going to be awesome. And yeah, so that's what's been happening in my life for the last month and oh, five weeks, I guess. So I'm sorry that there hasn't been an episode out, but there's a reason for that. Now, on to important things like today's episode. As you may have noticed from the song, that it's about uh, it's about cheating, but not just regular cheating. We're talking about cheating in polyamorous lifestyles, I guess, or non-monogamous lifestyles. Okay, so we're, 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 I'm going to start by going through a few frequently asked questions about polyamory, which have to do with with cheating as well. And I'm starting from the More Than Two website, which by the way, if you have not read more than two, you should. It's absolutely magnificent. So its proper name is More Than Two, A Practical Guide to Ethical Polyamory. It's written by Franklin Vaux and Eve Rickett. Had a foreword by Janet Hardy, who was the co-author of The Ethical Slut, which is probably one of the more famous uh, non-monogamous books around, or information books about non-monogamy around. If you do hear noise, it is just my dog. He is here with me, which is amazing for me as well. But yeah, we're going to going to go into a wee, wee bit of depth on that and talk about cheating, especially in polyamorous lifestyles, because it does happen, people. A lot of people think that polyamory means you can do what you want. Today, we're going to go into it. First thing first, guys. Uh, cheating does happen, regardless of your lifestyle. And it's it's almost expected to a degree these days that you've cheated or the person that you've just started seeing has cheated in the past or you're look you're sitting there in, in a relationship and you think that your partner might cheat or something like that. It's it's almost quite um almost expected. But before we get right into cheating, I'm gonna talk about polyamory for a start. Which, of course, is based on the Greek and Latin for many loves. Literally, poly means many and amor is love. Right. So a lot of people think that polyamory is just like swinging and it's n not quite right. has a wee bit of a different focus. Swing is more on recreational sex through friendships. Uh, friendships and deeper bonds may develop and it can become uh, a polyamorous relationship, but no. It's still part of ethical non-monogamy, but not polyamory so much. With polyamory, deep relationships are the focus. But, I mean, let's face it, the sex is quite fun most of the time. So, a lot of people think that it's kind of like having a girlfriend on the side, and that's something different as well. That is cheating. People don't think that, but... The thing that defines a polyamorous relationship is that everybody involved knows about it and agrees to it. So having somebody on the side usually lends to at least one party not knowing about it. Even in a polyamorous relationship, you know, if you've got three people in a relationship together and you go off and sleep with somebody else without the other two knowing, then that is still cheating because it is not informed consent of what you've gone and done. 
Jeepers. Cheating is breaking the rules. But if you aren't breaking the rules of your relationship, you're not cheating. And that's by definition, really. The rules need not be explicit. Even breaking the rules of a relationship is cheating. If you do anything you cannot feel comfortable telling your partner about, if you do anything that you know could make your partner quite unhappy, or if they knew about it, then you're it's highly likely that you're probably cheating. Polyamory on its own is, a, is, a, is an acknowledgement of the simple fact that relationships do come in do not come in one size fits all. So the next part is that poly. A lot of people think that poly is for people who can't commit to just one person or just can't commit. But let's let's look at it. People who can't commit to one person sure as hell can't make a lasting commitment to two guys. Let alone, well, they can't commit to one. So how are they going to commit to two people? A lot of monogamous people, and I don't mean to be shitting on monogamous people here, but they practice serial monogamy, which is just jumping from lover to lover to lover, or claiming to be in a monogamous relationship with each one. While no reasonable person expects every relationship to last, it seems that many serial monogamists see their partners as expendable, so they can get rid of them quite often. Or more often stay with one partner until someone better, for lack of a better term, comes along. Polyam's more ethical than serial monogamy, as it's sometimes practiced. Polyamorists do not discard their lovers when the next interesting person walks down the road. And that part of serial monogamy is probably the one you're looking at when you're thinking people don't or can't commit. Or you're thinking about people who can't commit. It's probably one of, probably one of those. Another common thought is that if you love someone, you shouldn't want anyone else. It's a common idea, but it doesn't really hold up in the real world or in practice, I guess. It's believed that a person who has multiple lovers can't give their whole heart to any one person. If you love one person, then you can't express your love wholeheartedly. But if you love multiple people, your love is divided up and therefore it's not as deep. This is based on the starvation model of love. That is, you only have a limited amount of love to give. I have a lot. Infinite. And if you give your love to one person, there is none left to give to anyone else. So if you fall in love with another person, you have to pay the price by withdrawing your love from the first person. It's not the same as money, guys. Love is not the same thing as money. And that's my favorite quote out of, out of this, actually. That love is not the same. With money, you only have a finite amount to spend, and when, if you give it to one person, you have you have less left to give to another. But love is a whole different thing. It behaves in magical, wonderful, and unpredictable ways. When you love more than one person, you soon realize that the more love you give away, the more love you have to give, and you can give your whole heart to more than one person. When you do, it's possible that you think it's the most beautiful feeling in the world. And I do as well. It is vital in a polyamorous relationship 
for everyone involved to know and understand the rules of the relationship. So this is the first time we've talked about rules of the relationship, really. Because there are always rules. There are always things that people will agree upon and disagree upon. If that means you can go out and have sex with other people, that's as long as they know about it, that's fine. That's your rule. But if it's, no, please don't do that. Just keep within our group, our triad, our quad, our what, however many people are in it. That's exactly right. That's what you should be doing. A successful poly relationship absolutely requires the trust and security from everyone involved. If you can't abide by the relationship's rules, you cannot expect to make a polyamorous relationship work. To be fair, it's the same with a monogamous relationship. The rules are set. If you break them, then you're going to be in trouble. But, rules? What rules in a polyamorous relationship? You want to sleep with someone, you do it, right? doesn't really work that way. There are many different varieties of polyamory, as, as there are people. There's no one right way to create a polyamorous relationship. But ethical polyamorous relationships, so these are the ones that people don't tend not to cheat on. Because, well, and everybody's above board and everyone's cool, everyone's sweet. Ethical polyamorous relationships do involve honesty, respect, and compassion. But it does not give you the license to fuck like a bunny in heat, or a dog in heat, or anyone in heat. Polyamorous relationship isn't generally about sex. It's about building a romantic relationship with more than one person at a time. And of course there are rules. And those depend on the relationship. And a lot of them aren't too different from being in a traditional monogamous relationship. Okay? So, in that group you still come up with a set of rules that you follow. It could like I said, it could be that you're allowed to do, go and do what you want as long as they know about it. Or go and do what you want regardless. Or keep it in that triad. Or go look for somebody to add to that relationship. The individual relationships within a polyamorous group may be very complex. In many cases there may be one primary couple, a husband and wife for example. Or a long term relationship. Either both of those people may have outside lovers, but they're considered secondary and that they involve less involvement in the partner's day-to-day -day life than, say, marriage does. These, is no, these do not mean that these relationships are of secondary importance or, or the other ones of primary importance. They're of pretty equal importance most of the time, really. The other side of that is that a polyamorous relationship could be such that individual could be is that each individual relationship is important as all the others and no single couple is primary and that really doesn't matter and the people in that relationship obviously make those rules a lot of people think that it's free love and it died out in the 60s, but it never really existed back then either. Polyamory isn't free love. You can't just go around and sleep with anybody who's ag who agrees to it. They're all, they're, 
primarily all about building relationships, not sex. Okay. But, of course, they're about sex as well. We're sexual beings, humans. And most in romantic relationships involve so. Yeah. But, that, yeah, romantic relationships do involve sex, and polyamory is about romantic relationships. But that's not for everyone. There are folks who have romantic relationships without sex, especially when you talk about asexual folk. Often for many of us, romance does include some element of sex, but definitely not the forefront. And the idea of polyamory th predates the 60s anyway. It's about as old as human history. Although, uh, uh, go back to my history of uh, non-monogamy if you want to go through that. It's been found all the way down the line. Some, some good, some bad. A lot of people think that it's some sexist, male-dominated, misogynist sort of thing. Like on that show on HBO, Big Love. But the image that... The, the problem with this is the image that people have is of one man with many women. Which is like that series. And that's... I've talked about it in the past. Technically, polygyny. Polygyny evolves from the Greek poly and genos. Woman. Many women. And it's a form of polygamy where a man can have more than one female partner, and but women are not allowed to have more than one male partner. In societies where polygyny is practiced, women are usually seen as little more than property. Since people have t mistaken notion of polyamory, it's easier to understand why they think polyamory means disrespect of women. I'm here to tell you it's definitely not. Sure, I've gone through my past where I was, pro I was definitely disrespectful to women. I'm definitely not now. Polyamory is not polygyny. It applies equally to everybody in an ethical polyamorous relationship. Same opportunities are afforded to everyone regardless of their gender. Polyamory is not about collecting a bunch of women for your harem. It's about sharing some part of your life and sharing your love with those people. And your love is sharing some part of theirs with, with you and others. It's not about owning your lovers. Or hiring an army of eunuchs to make sure they don't stray away. But how, do, how does one decide who sleeps with whom? It depends on your relationship. Like any. Like, I've known multiple uh, monogamous people who have had threesomes. But that's within their dynamic. And they've decided who sleeps with whom in that, in that way. And there's the whole jealousy thing, which can happen. It's human nature. If someone gets jealous, isn't it their problem though? But no, it's not. It's everyone's problem who's involved with it. But the main part of that is finding out why someone feels jealous. What they think that they're not getting or why they are how they are. If you treat your lovers like they're interchangeable, like we spoke about just before, they will be jealous because they'll be just like, okay, he's just going to move on to the next one. Same if you don't want to make your lovers feel wanted or needed. And you need to value your partners, otherwise, yeah, that's usually one of the pointers to somebody cheating is they don't feel valued in a relationship. 
Sometimes it's easy when you have a new partner, especially, to forget that you have existing partners as well, and they, and they can get jealous. Because they're not having that new relationship energy. They're, or they're not feeling the same way that the other person feels with that new relationship energy. And that's when you're definitely prone to jealousy throughout all of that. It also depends on the people themselves. Um, if I see my partner going out and having a good time, I'm happy for them. And that's called compersion. Okay, I love seeing that. absolutely love it. If my partner's happy, I'm happy. It doesn't matter. I don't have a partner currently, but I know that I'm like that. And that's just emotional intelligence, guys. It is emotional intelligence more than anything else. Just being smart. Now the question is, why isn't one person enough? And I use this. This isn't This is, yeah, this is just something that's popped into my mind. What would you say if you had a child and you decided you wanted a second child and your first child said, but aren't I enough? Why am I not enough? It's the same thing as an adult when you talk about relationships. Why am I not enough? It doesn't really make sense once you understand it. It isn't about what's enough. Start with the fact that the majority of people are not intimate with one person. They're intimate with one person at a time, except for those threesomes and orgies that we talked about just before. But with statistics suggesting that as many as 34% of men between the age of 50 to 64 will admit to having cheated on at least one partner. But even that theory of being not enough isn't too widely practiced. But that's different, that's cheat that's cheating if you want more than one lover. Sometimes, yeah. But it depends on what's um on on your relationship rules, I guess. And all of that sort of stuff. So yeah. I will say that there's nothing wrong with monogamy though, it's just not my side whatsoever. It's not my style at all. In any way, shape or form. We'll move on to more on to more cheating focused things now because that's what this is all about. And I've I've found a couple of papers. That I, that I am going to use uh, as we're going into this. The first one is the power dynamics of cheating, effects on polyamory and bisexuality. But it's published in the Journal of Bisexuality, Plural Loves for Bi and Poly Living. It's uh, been written by Peppermint, and you can find them at pepperminty.com. And they've got some great, great stuff up there, let me tell you that. And this is this is where I got the idea. I was reading this a few months back, months ago, that cheating is commonplace and almost expected at this point. You know, you, you talk to people. Some people have been cheated on or have been have been the cheater. 
and it's quite common. But I'm going to scroll down to the other part of this article, which is the monogamy slash cheating system. <laughs> the conceptual apparatus of cheating enforces monogamous standards. Monog monogamy needs cheating in a fundamental way. In addition to serving as the demonized opposite of monogamy, the mark of the cheater is also used as a threat to push individuals to conform to monogamous behavior and monogamous appearances. And this is going back to polyamory and cheating. Actual sexual behavior is just the beginning of this enforcement. The appearance of monogamy is very important in our culture, and we generally feel the need to maintain a certain monogamous decorum in view of friends and acquaintances, in addition to the actual partner. Unless you're, you know, someone like me who just goes out and, hey, I'm polyamorous and that's it. Deal with it. The purpose of this decorum is to avoid gossip, scandal, scorn, and exposure sometimes. But the social group is often more critical than the monogamous partner is in part of that. The actual level and manner of self-imposed self self-restriction varies greatly depending on the social circle and situation. But our culture attaches sexual or romantic meaning to a whole host of actions that are, not, that are not explicitly sexual or romantic. Some of these actions are traveling with a person, spending a lot of time with one person at a party, helping someone financially, talking about someone when they're not present, spending time alone with someone, meeting their parents, holding hands, and of course flirting. Even touching or smiling too much can be considered that. All of those are signifiers of a possible sexual relationship in our culture. People see that and they think, oh, those people must be getting it on, basically. In order to avoid a sexual subtext, basically, a person in a, in a monogamous relationship must act carefully if they are with someone of an attractive gender who is not their partner. Through this mechanism, the social control of monogamy escapes the bedroom and inserts itself into everyday situations by policing not just sexual activity, but any activity that symbolizes the possibility of text. Monogamy is thus a focus through which social power is exercised, one of a number of subloki which are ostensibly based in the one body, but really almost entirely through social discourse. The cultural ideas of cheating and adultery do one portion the work of enforcing monogamy. The other portion is accomplished through jealousy. And then we talk about the false duality. Our culture sets us up with basically a false choice. Either we're faithful or we're cheating. Both options are highly scripted and allow the operation of power through restrictions. However, this false choice hides the fact that monogamy and cheating form a single ideological system. And it's possible to step outside of that system and look at polygamy, for example. Hey! In fact, ideological resistance to monogamy often takes the form of a repudiation of the entire system by denying both the monogamist and cheater roles. Lesbian communes in the 70s, gay male subcultures, sex radicals, bisexual communities and polyamorous people have all accomplished a certain distancing from both monogamy and cheating. Western culture is 
laden with false identity dualities of this nature. For example, man and woman, heterosexual versus homosexual, black versus white, virgin versus whore, etc. The monogamous slash cheater duality is not as strongly based in identity as some of these, but the false duality forms a single power infused system in a manner similar to other systems. System of race, the sex slash gender system, system of sexuality, the Madonna slash whore complex. Each of these systems has a false, unexamined assumption at its core. The monogam monogamy slash infidelity system is based on the assumption that sexual fidelity is natural and always desirable. Yeah. Just look at uh, look at the animal world, and you know that that's not the case. Because monogamy and cheating are oppositional choices, they are conceptually independent, independent and cannot be successfully addressed independently. They represent two sides of the same coin, one shiny and one tarnished. Resistance to dualistic systems of power can take the form of addressing the power inequality, feminism, the civil rights movement, slut pride, etc. Or it can try to expose and jettison the entire system like the transgender movement, bisexuality, lesbian separatism. We've seen both forms make up the resistance to the monogamous slash cheater system. Polyamory seeks to rewrite the rules inherent to the system, but it's still possible. It, well, it's still rooted in this monogamy. Most polyamorous people have been monogamous at some point in time, or brought up with monogamy, so they know it well. The emergent down-low identity seeks to put a positive and sexy spin on unsanctioned sex. Websites such as Ashley Madison, etc. do the same for women. Certain sexual identities such as bisexuality carry inherent resistance to monogamy as part of their very definition. By acknowledging more than one desire, bisexuality makes a lie of the monogamous myth of a sing single object of desire. Takes two to cheat. The second person is the cheatee, the person who is cheated on. At a personal level, the drama on cheating requires that the cheatee is hurt or offended in some way. If the original p partner does not care what their lover does, then it's hard to create blame in a situation where there is no hurt. Through the social circle surrounding the couple, may consider the arrangement weird, scandalous, or a bad idea. And social scorn is definitely powerful stuff. It can be ignored, however. The full pain of cheating experience requires that the cheatee feels dismayed, betrayed, jealous, and so on. In this manner, the monogamy and cheating system relies on the role of the monogamist or cheatee to ensure that the actual cheating experience matches its depiction in the media as painful and damaging. The role of the monogamist or cheatee is largely unexamined in our society in order to protect it from criticism. Once we make monogamous people visible, it becomes possible to address monogamy directly. Any assault on the monogamous cheater power system requires a critique of its invisible, yet empowered role.
Moving back towards polyamory now, which was the whole part of this. It gives us an other positive model models for three-person relationships. And these models break that false duality. The V, the v structure. The simple fact of one person loving two or more other people can be seen as a basis from which all polyamorous polyamorous arrangements spring. Much of the difficulty and the reward of polyamory is that it seeks to reclaim the stigmatized V structure as cooperative, long-term and positive for everybody involved. Which it can be, if you do it properly. Bisexuality provides another alternative V structure, but this one is based in desire. By definition, a bisexual has the ability to desire more than one gender. Because desire is heavily based in gender object choice, this implies that bisexuals have the ability to desire more than one sort of person. These multiple desire possibilities can be conceptualized as a V of desire, with the two points of the V representing desire for men and others. In his book, The Bisexual Option, Fritz Klein refers to this as dual sexuality. Of course, the desires of actual bisexuals are much more complex and interesting than this simple representation. And this simple V does not address the possibility of, <clears throat> of, of other things. Sorry, excuse me. However, mainstream culture almost always imagines bisexual desires forked, because it's the easiest way to compare bisexuality to heterosexual monogamy. Because monogamous heterosexuality is one gender, one desire, one partner. Monogamous heterosexual people will conceptualize bisexuality as two genders, two desires, two partners. The ability to desire more than one gender therefore implies that it is done simultaneously. Believe me, it's not always done simultaneously. But it's there. Mainstream culture always imagines bisexuality as involving simultaneous relationships with at least one man and one woman, forming a relationship V. While this is very different from the way bisexuals actually live their lives, this mainstream assumption means that bisexuality always carries connotations of non-monogamy. Which is not always correct, ladies and gentlemen. A bisexual person in a heterosexual relationship is still bisexual. It doesn't have to be the third person involved. When bisexuality and non-monogamy are actually combined, another alternative structure emerges, the erotic triangle. The erotic triangle is not just a collection of other V structures, but it's also a basic relationship structure in its own right, somewhat divorced from the mainstream culture's couple-based models. Bisexual and homosexual polyamorous have been taken advantage of this, forming triads and larger interconnected relationships. These triangles always stand in opposition to cheating dynamics, as they can be seen as healing the rivalry between the cheatee and the other lover. I don't actually agree with that last point. If you start cheating and looking at polyamory as a as a way out of that, or a way to fix it, it's 99% of the time it's not going to work. They're still going to do things that you don't want them to do, or break trust, etc, etc, etc. So I'm not actually sure I agree with that last point there. But, hey, that's what we're here for. I don't expect everybody to agree with everything I'm saying. Let's just make that a point. 
If you do, awesome. If you don't, you don't. All right, Tim, I'll try and quicken it up now because we've only got uh, a little bit left, but we're going to go into the Qing polyamory section of this. Um, the monogamy and cheating duality is literally just any behavior that is not clearly monogamous can be considered cheating, if it, even if it does not fit the formal definition of cheating. And this is the conceptual trap that polyamory falls into. While it's fairly rare for someone to outright claim that polyamory is cheating, mainstream culture will deal with polyamory as if it were cheating at any particular level. In the media, in the legal system, in social interactions, even within interpersonal relationships. For example, surveys on adultery or cheating rarely differentiate between approved extra relationship sex and illicit extra, extra relationship sex, considering any such sex to constitute cheating. In a similar vein, divorce laws generally do not distinguish between sanctioned and unsanctioned extramarital sex in their defini definitions of adultery. At the social or media level, people who know polyamorous will typically assume that there exists some level of tension between the various relationships. This assumption is an implicit comparison to the cheater's V-structure relationship. If there is no pre-existing pre tension between relationships in a polyamorous uh, institution, oh, situation, then this assumption by outsiders constitutes a social pressure to create tension. And there might be tension, and that, that was my point around there might be tension or there might not. This, this paper really focuses on the fact that polyamory and bisexuality is, is, the, uh, is the way out of cheating, but uh, believe me folks, it is definitely not the way out. Let me just say that straight up. I'm going to go into that a little bit here. Polyamory isn't a cure for cheating. In some ways it makes it makes cheating a wee bit easier. So I saw somebody write, uh, a woman in her article write, I can't stop men from cheating on me, but maybe if I enter a polyamorous relationship Maybe if I enter polyamorous relationships, all the cheating will stop. First off, cheating happens all the time in polyamorous relationships. Polyamory doesn't mean you get to fuck whoever you want. But rather, you negotiate a framework with your partner as to who, when, how. It's acceptable to fuck. And it's entirely possible to break those rules. Again, back to the rules. Did you promise to have safe sex and things got so hot you forgot to rock that sock? You done cheated. Did you promise to check in with your partner before things got hot and heavy? Just so they'd know who you're entangled with? And you didn't? You cheated. Did you conceal this hot cyber sex you were having on the side? You cheated. Wait. Cyber sex isn't cheating? Well, I'm afraid Polly's going to swirl your world here. Because sometimes non-sexual things become more important than the sexual ones in polyamorous relationships. But when we only have sex with each other, ceases to define who you are, often non-sexual things swell to fill those gaps. The the writer of this article goes on to goes on to say, um, 
their first trip to visit their, their wife Solo was to see Phantom Menace. They got matching Star Wars tattoos with the two daughters the day before Force Awakens came out, so recently. If he went to go watch a new Star Wars movie with somebody else for the first time, it would mean a divorce. Some things mean a lot more than others. You can find a certain restaurant or sing a certain band or, or whatever it is for you guys that defines defines who you are as as a couple or throuple. If you're, and if the partner doesn't have the capacity to go, then it's not that difficult just to wait a few days for them to come well, to come back. That's not really difficult to do. If you don't buy into the idea that non-sexual things can be cheating, some polycules don't, polyamory not only offers more temptations, but more people to make agreements with. Because polyamory is theoretically based in love, like we said. Which means you don't want to hurt your partners, all your partners, not just the one. Which means if one partner wants you to tell them who you're sexually involved with before anything happens, and another partner is okay with oral but not penis and vagina intercourse on a first date, you can potentially cheat on two people simultaneously. Add to that the amount of temptations. In a monogamous relationship, a partner may rein their flirtatious impulses in because they know they're not so, they know that it's supposed to be exclusively committed to you, even if they can't consistently carry through. But in polyamory, where you can date anyone in particular in the absence of more customized negotiations. You can smooch so many people that you temporarily forget about your original partner. And this is kind of like new relationship energy. So if you get in a new relationship, you can definitely forget about your current partner. Uh, I think that's the most common downfall that people face when they come into polyamory, that's for sure. Now, if you're dating men who can't keep it in their pants when they're dealing with just one simple commitment, don't. Do you think they're going to do better when you give them finer grain permissions and a wider range of options to go astray? No. Polyamory, polyamory isn't an answer to cheating, and in some cases leads to more cheating, because they think that the, the, the reins are off and they can go and do what they please. It's not taking the reins off, it's putting on different reins. Even if you're into relationship anarchy, people have expectations they want meant in the course of a relationship. Even if those expectations are as slim as, tell me if you've picked up an STI so I can take stronger precautions. Things like that. And the health of those bonds is forged by how responsible someone is in respecting those expectations. Monogamy isn't easy. But, and I, I cannot say this enough, neither is polyamory. It's just a different set of choices. And that's what cheating is, is a choice. Regardless of polyamory, monogamy, swinging, whatever, cheaters are going to cheat. It's, it's sort of built in there. And polyamory is not going to fix it. Okay, so look at your own stuff. Look at your own shit. Work on yourself if, you're, if you are a cheater. Or if you've been cheated on as well. Just realize that well, polyamory may seem like it's a 
it's an option to stay with that person. But they're most likely just going to keep on doing it. And if you're hurt by that initial one, it's going to keep hurting and hurting and hurting each time they do it. So focus on what and focus on what you need, I guess, rather than what society potentially says. Polyamory is a great thing when it's done right, when it's all the rules have been set and it's all followed and it's all lovely. But that's the same as a monogamous relationship. If all the rules are set and everything's sweet and you don't need anything from anyone else, then that's fine. But it's tough to go to go to your partner, hey, I'm not getting this in our relationship, can I please get it from somewhere else? Uh, that's when you might have an issue as uh, in a monogamous relationship. When I, when I go dating, I tend to say straight away that I am uh, polyamorous. Just because it's easier. It really is easier. Kissing can be one of the rules. If you don't want the part, your partner kissing, then put it out there straight away. Even if, if you, even if you're already in a through, in a throuple, in a in an erotic triangle, as it were, make sure you lay those rules down. Everybody, you can do it separately. You can do it all three of you together. If you're in a relationship together, I would say all three together is probably the best. If you're in that V structure, like we spoke about, one person with two others, or dating them independently, for lack of a better term, then maybe separately works for you. It doesn't matter which way you do it. Make sure the rules are set with everybody that's involved. Just so they know what's going on. And then, obviously, make sure you follow those rules. Come on, guys. That's not too different to life and not different to classic monogamy. Just... Well, it's one of societal's norms not to cheat, isn't it? We see it in movies, we see it, we hear songs about it every, uh, every so often about somebody who's cheated and it's been awful and it's been rubbish. Nobody likes being cheated on. Polyamorous, especially more so because they've got... Well, I have more trust in my partners than I used to, for sure. Because I, I don't believe that they'll go and do things like that. In which case, it it can hurt much more in a polyamorous relationship because you've already, because they've got the freedom to, but you kind of expect them to make the choice not to. Same as monogamy, but there's just more freedom with polyamory, I think. Or more opportunity, perhaps is is the better word. But um, anyway, I'll leave you on those notes. So a wee bit of a shorter one tonight. It's my first one back. I'm a little bit tired. I've had to take a few breaks. Uh, brain injury can tire you out a little bit, so I found out. But relax. Enjoy your life. And basically, when it comes to cheating, it's simple. Don't be a dick. Thanks for listening in. Oh, and guys, don't forget to check out Alt Playground. Brand new website. You'll, you'll love it, I promise. It's so beautiful. And start planning your next adventure.
touch of your lips, dear, but much more for the touch of your whips, dear. You can raise welts like nobody else as we dance to the masochism tango. Say our love is a flame, not an amber. Say. you want to dismember a uh, black in my eye set fire to my tie as we dance to the masochism tango at your command before you here i stand my heart is in my hand yeah <laughs> it's here that i must be my heart entreats just hear those savage beats and go put on your cleats and come and trample me your heart is hard as stone or mahogany that's why i'm in such exquisite agony my soul is on fire it's a flame with desire which is why i perspire when we tango you caught my nose in your left castanet love i can feel the pain yet love every time i hear drums and i envy the rose that you held in your teeth love with the thorns underneath love sticking into your gums your eyes cast a spell that bewitches the last time i needed 20 stitches to sew up the gash you made with your lash as we dance to the masochism tango bash in my brain and make me scream with pain then kick me once again and say we'll never part 
I know too well I'm underneath your spell So darling, if you smell Something burning, it's my heart Don't you take your cigarette From its holder And burn your initials in my shoulder Fracture my spine And swear that you're mine As we dance to the massacre Tango 